Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Monday. It is the 18th of December. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley has denounced Republican presidential rival and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in Iowa for campaigning in the state with Kentucky Representative Thomas Massey. Massey was the lone House Republican who voted last week against a GOP resolution condemning anti-Semitism on university campuses. Coming at the end of a campaign event Saturday at a suburban Des Moines bar and grill, Haley called out DeSantis and said you can't be pro-Israel and bring the most anti-Israel Republican into the state who voted against fighting anti-Semitism on college campuses. Her criticism of DeSantis marks the increased pressure for the two to emerge from Iowa as the stronger alternative to former President Donald Trump. Haley has agreed to take part in the CNN debate on January 10th in Des Moines. So far, it looks like Haley and DeSantis will be the only two on that stage, which will take part at Drake University. State Ombudsman Bernando Granware says complaints to his office about government services were down in the latest fiscal year compared to the past two. The COVID uh, pandemic uh, really uh, contributed to a surge in complaints in our office uh, and uh, quite a bit, I think, from the uh, corrections uh, area. And uh, so what we are seeing, I think, in terms of our, our statistics and sort of the drop in cases is really kind of a Uh, a pulling back of some of those uh, pandemic-era cases. Granware says many of the complaints from inmates revolved around health-related issues and conditions of confinement. He says some of the complaints were justified, but for many, they advised the person making the complaint to first go through any grievance process. The state of Iowa is expanding a water quality program to try to clean up a northwest Iowa river. We get details from IPR's Sheila Brummer. The Deep Creek Water Quality Initiative project started almost 10 years ago with a focus on adding cover crops along the Floyd River and tributaries in four counties. Iowa Secretary of Agriculture recently announced a new grant for a larger area. Almost $700,000 is available for farmers to add buffers and bioreactors to help filter water from fields. Ben Brady helps oversee the project as district conservationist for Plymouth County. Water quality, I mean, it's it's a long-term goal. So, I mean, it's going to take years to get there. It's not something you can fix overnight. Brady says a high number of livestock confinements in the region contributed to the Floyd River's high pollution rates, but says the water quality initiative is working. Governors from Nebraska, Iowa, and Missouri continue claiming a larger role in managing the Missouri River. The three governors and representatives from Kansas met with the Corps of Engineers last week in Omaha. These meetings started after the 2019 floods, which devastated the region. Iowa's Governor Kim Reynolds says there was a lot of frustration in those early meetings, but she's happy with the progress. Instead of waiting for that disaster to hit like in 2019, we need to get better at maintenance and get in front of it so that we can be better prepared and be more resilient when that next you know, flood uh, happens. The governors say they've worked with the Corps to improve levy systems and fast-track projects. And labor unions in Iowa were more active in 2022 and 2023 than in previous years. Cornell University's Labor Action Tracker shows there were 12 major strikes or protests in each of the last two years. In 2021, there were only two. But union membership in Iowa has decreased since 2012 to about 7% of the total workforce in the state. 
Luis Isporo led the charge to organize baristas at a Starbucks in Iowa City this year. The recent college grad says there's no downside to joining one. Ultimately, what? Better working conditions, better pay, less hours. Uh, you know, the workers just get a bigger slice of the pie because we do all the work. Nationwide, about 10 percent of the workforce are union members. That's half of what union membership was in the 1980s. This is Here First from IPR News. You can find this podcast wherever you subscribe to them. I'm Clay Masters. This IPR podcast is supported by Cultivating Compassion, the Dr. Richard Deming Foundation, fostering causes that enrich the community, generate understanding, and cultivate compassion, including above and beyond cancer.